Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. Today, David Morrison and I sit down and discuss uh, Phyllis Tickle. She's an author, a writer, an academic, a pastor, a lecturer, all sorts of things. Um, and we sort of lay out uh, this idea of the emergent church and sort of these, the idea of uh, these 500 cycle, 500 year cycles that the church goes through. Um, we, the bulk of the conversation was off of uh, two lectures David and I listened to, which I will post in the show notes if you want to learn more about her thesis and hypothesis and how um, she does a really good job. We don't, David and I don't get into it, but she does a great job of uh, mixing philosophy and science into uh, theology and um, this idea of the emergent, emergent Christianity. But before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Nedia uh, from Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. If you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, theruined.com is a place to go. drcrpod.com is a place to find other episodes um, or whatever podcast uh, podcatcher you found this one on. Dreamwalkerway.com is where you could get David Morrison's book, Desolate Beauty. And lastly, YouTube, we have released um, American Sign Language translations of David's book. Um, When this is released, the first three sections, Alpenglow, Skylight, and Mirage, have been released and will be releasing the next two um, this week and next week. Uh, If you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Social media and word of mouth really helps us. We appreciate you, and let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, Mr. David Morrison. It is I. It is you. It is us. In a way, aren't we all David Morrison? That's right. Isn't... (laughs) David Morrison, everyone. On the quantum level, as we will talk about here with Phyllis Tickle. Yes. Um, So we are, she, well, I'll, I'll start with this. We're going to be talking about Phyllis Tickle today. She is um, sort of the next, we've been doing, what would you say, like highlights or spotlights of different. People that have influenced. Mm Mm-hmm. Us over the years. So you can go back. There's Richard Rohr. What's the musician? Uh, Rich Mullins. Mullins. Yeah. Appreciation Bar- podcast. Yeah. Barbara Brown Taylor, I think, was our last one um, a few months back. Anyways, we're getting back into it. Today is Phyllis Tickle. She was a pastor, writer, academic, and lecturer. And this next part is taken directly from her website. But I changed it because her website is present tense. And as David Morrison <laughs> taught me, she's dead. Yeah, she passed away like so this is dire- or something like that. <laughs> this is directly from her website with the change of uh, tense. <laughs> Tickle, who served on a number of advisory and corporate boards, was a lay Eucharistic minister and lector in the Episcopal Church. She and her husband were the parents of seven children and in retirement, She continued to make her home on the small farm that they shared for almost 40 years in Lucy, Tennessee. And she's definitely a Southerner through and through. Oh, yeah. That came through in her 
lecture. So um, I, I guess the place to start um, is sort of how you came in contact with her her books and her lectures and her her teaching, so to speak. And um, I, I guess I'll give a caveat her her stuff is very dense. It's very, very academic and, and high level stuff. So our goal today is to, to bring it to the layperson. So yeah. um, anyways, so how did you come across Miss Phyllis Tickle? Uh, I th I th her name would come up, I think in the early 2000s, 90s. She was influential in, in the vineyard circles. Okay. I think she lived in Ann Arbor. This might be totally wrong. You can tell I... We prepared. Oh yeah, for this. <laughs> as always. <laughs> and and the, uh, I think she did a, had a publishing house or something. She started a publishing. I don't remember. But the Ann Arbor Vineyard okay. was connected to that. Nice. So, but it wasn't until really I think it was we went off up to a conference that Richard Rohr was hosting in Albuquerque in 2007 called. Uh, Emergence Christianity or something like mm -hmm. that. The Emergent Church, something of that. Mm -hmm. And that was that was a popular thing in the in the late nineties, early two thousands. Mm -hmm. uh, how do we communicate the gospel to a postmodern generation? And that was that was that was a trend in that was the the hype train, so yeah, to speak. Amongst at evangelicals. The time. <laughs> they were obsessed with uh yeah. Postmodernism, you know, and it's just get like, some. I'm like, <laughs> gotta get us. You know, some as that. an English teacher, I'm like, well, the post the postmodern movement was like Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it sometimes takes In the church a while 1900s. to catch up. <laughs> the church is usually the last yeah. one to the table. <laughs> you know, deconstruction and literature. Yeah, I mean, mm. that was like the 1960s, mm. 50s. You know, and so I don't know. Yeah, I guess religion is always way behind you know things like science you know <laughs> that galileo he's just a trend <laughs> so yeah so we went to this conference uh and she was one of the keynote speakers uh brian mclaren was also uh one and uh the guy we were just talking about uh, rich shane, shane oh claiborne clay claiborne was there i think it's claiborne <clears throat> yeah it is Shane. <laughs> yeah. His first name's definitely Shane. And so, yeah, so there was that whole... And so she gave the first the first night, she gave the like a hour and a half talk. It must have been pretty on, profound to see her live. Yeah, we were she blown seemed, away. Yeah, she seems like someone that being in the same room with her would be be quite the... Yeah, all of us quite were the blown treat. away. Yeah. Um, by, so she just took us through, you know, basically church history... Uh, and you know, and that kind of thing. And so it was, it was Sim very, similar very to the YouTube videos we watched for this. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was kind of a more condensed and version of, of her book. Uh, she wrote two books on it. One, uh, is, uh, called the great emergence. Okay. And the second one was, uh, emergence Christianity, I think. Okay. And, so. and for the listeners, um, it just, just crossed my mind, but we did, David and I watched a two part lecture, to prep for this and I'll put those in the show notes if you want to, if, yeah. if you're interested in getting, getting more information of, of what the, the brief conversation we're having here, she, um, yeah. she, she articulates it much better than we will. Yeah. I was at an Episcopalian church, I think in Canada. Yeah. In Canada. yeah. 
Yeah. So, so yeah, so it's, it's based on this whole, you know, and, and again, it's just a theory when you start looking at patterns and history to try to predict mm-hmm. what's happening or, or try to, uh, deduce what's happening now and then predict what might happen in the future. You have to be careful with that. Right. I, I'm a sucker for it. It's kind of like donuts in the break room kind of thing. You know? I think it's humans are suckers for it. Yeah. Because we, we like that black and white. I mean, we've talked yeah, about it yeah. right here. So like, like oh, I we- geeked out years ago on uh, these two sociologists, uh, Strauss and Howe, and they have a mm. generational okay. patterns yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of these things. And I was just eating it up. Well, and, that's I mean, that's what's so. the allure of betting is that you can find these past patterns yeah. and translate that to games of chance. Right. Well, not even chance. I mean, there is some skill, obviously, but that's people... That's, yeah. that's the sort of the, the same thought process. So you do have to be aware of that, you know, mm-hmm. that in some ways when you're predicting, looking at historical patterns to predict the future. Yeah, it doesn't work. You are, you have to be aware that you're looking at w- like a wood grain in a door mm-hmm. and, and seeing faces. Well, the tree didn't grow that face there. <laughs> <laughs> and actually one of the best books to counter that is called Black Swan. Um, I'll have to, I'll check the guy's name, but he. He his his counter thing is that we we make up these patterns yeah and and the things that really count or matter are these huge black swan events so yeah yeah uh, exactly you know the great depression nine eleven you know he and he goes back even farther but yeah anyway so you can look at it from both sides but but this for this conversation the invention of Topo Chico. <laughs> Uh, Shout out to Pochico. You know, we're still waiting for our sponsorship. Yeah, we're we're just pre-sponsoring them, <laughs> or there's pre-sponsoring I, us rather. Just so you so you know, Topo Chico, if you do sponsor us, I go through a twelve pack in probably five or six days. Wow! How you go through? Not as much, but you still go. Yeah, you, you depends go on through. the season. Summer <laughs> usually I drink a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so be be aware of that, you know, because uh, history doesn't. You know, uh, people in the, you know, they, for example, they call uh, the Victorian era, uh, well, people in the Victorian era didn't call it the Victorian era. Right. You know, and the Irish cer- certainly didn't. They call her the famine queen, the genocide queen, because she is, may she rest in hell. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so history doesn't work that way, you know. Uh, well, it's uh, it's it's sixteen seventy five. It's time for the Enlightenment. You know, it doesn't. So, one well, and the, that was the interesting that she, thing that she covered was like the Reformation didn't happen right when the things were nailed to the door. So and, all, yeah, <clears throat> so all of this is just looking at patterns after the fact, but it does, but it is helpful. So now I'll go the other way. Yeah, yeah, it is sure. helpful to kind of get a grasp of where you you know what time is it in the world. What time is it in your life? Where are we at? Uh, that that kind of thing, and so that's what her whole premise was. Uh, it was based on uh, an an, uh, an Episcopalian bishop. I think his name was uh, Dreyer or Dwyer. I think it was Dwyer. Uh, yeah. Who who basically said every five hundred years in the history of Christianity, which is two thousand years old, mm-hmm. uh, every five hundred years in Christianity's history, uh, the church you know, not individual church, the, mm-hmm. the church, church, uh, Christianity is a yeah, whole. goes through, uh, what he called a rummage sale. And that's where you, you, 
drag all the old crap out of boxes, out of attics, the stuff that's been lying around. These are ideas and creeds and scriptures, that kind of thing. And you pull it all out into the parking lot and you get rid of a lot. You rediscover old treasures you that you bring mm-hmm. back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, and you just offload a lot of stuff that's just not necessary anymore. So, so Off, offload an update, right? Yeah. An update. So Catholicism. Wow. <laughs> you know, from dogma, uh, the, the feel good, buddy, Je- buddy yeah, Jesus. the feel good Jesus. <laughs> and so, uh, so that, that's her premise. So then she, yeah. So she goes through those 500 years and then she maintains also in her, uh, travels that uh rabbis will often tell her yeah it's true in judaism as Mm -hmm. well every 500 years there's a you know there's a a a renewal an update a letting go a taking up of new things uh and then uh and then she's also met islamic clerics who've said the same thing Mm -hmm. in their shorter history uh of, of islam you know which is i guess they'd be coming up on one now, you know, the, the reformation yeah. she was talking about, sort of the Arab Spring and yeah, comparing it, which brought to you it by didn't, our own CIA. <laughs> I was gonna say, it didn't that example doesn't age well? Yeah, it um, doesn't really with all the things that are going on since there. It was the West that, and before we move on, The Black Swan is by Nassim Taleb, oh, which okay. is a, a very informative book. Uh, it maybe not informative, very interesting. I read it two or three years ago, it's a good one, but um. So, so yeah, so she went through the history of Christianity at 500 years uh, and events that, you know, uh, for example, there was a point where there were three popes. Oh, yeah. So that kind of ended. That kind of ended the authority of the papacy in the common mind, you know. Uh, and so, you know, and, and with these upheavals, and they're all embedded in history, you know, things that are, have changed. Like the Reformation didn't happen by itself, the Protestant Reformation. Yeah, it was all intertwined. Uh, that's that's what a, I thought was the most interesting part of her talk was how she intertwined philosophy yeah, and science and yeah. theology and how it. She her focus was on Christianity right. and how it affected that, but just how she tied in all those things. Yeah, because the Protestant Reformation, I tend to think, did not birth modernism but mm-hmm. uh or the or the beginning of sci you know the the beginning of uh the age of reason right right you know th- these things were already happening mm-hmm. you know same thing when they say the dark ages it just means they don't know what the hell they're talking about <laughs> you know so anyway so 500 years ago yes there was an upheaval in christianity called the reformation um and then a split uh, of of the the Roman Church. There had been one five hundred years before that, with the East, Eastern and Western mm-hmm. Church split. The Roman, uh, yeah, Rome so splitting from the East. So, and there are a series of questions that people begin to ask: What's our authority now? And so, so the answer five hundred years ago for the Protestants was uh, the Bible itself, mm-hmm. uh, even though the Bible wasn't the Bible yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was still being canonized, still being. Uh, you know, people don't realize that, you know, right. the Bible didn't just appear in 66 books <laughs> with red print in Jesus's words. And it's a mess, just like our lives. Uh, it's a mess, just like faith is a mess. Right. Well, and so, even her talking about the stuff that has since been discovered yeah. since the canon canonizing of the Bible, 
and how that sort of throws a wrench into stuff. Yeah, exactly. So she, yeah, so she, so, so they decided that that was the, the, the authority, the scriptures are the mm-hmm. authority. And then, and then you spend the next 500 years unraveling these kinds of things and everything mm-hmm. that comes with that. Um, and so here we are again is, is the, is the thesis, the right? Premise. Um, because you know, modern postmodern contemporary science, uh, archeology, span uh, study of text, ancient texts have, you know, made made a lot of, uh, you know, the biblical living is a, I hope it's biblical, you know, that they're <laughs> right, obsessed right. with that. Yeah. They don't know what they're talking about when they say that. Right. Uh, do you, do you put your, uh, does your, does, uh, do the women in your household go outside the camp for, you know, or do you get to be three, like lot? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. You know, you can't live that way. It's not, it doesn't work that way. And so it's not a, you can't, you can't, it's irresponsible and immoral in my opinion to, uh, well, it's just nonsensical. It's counsel it's, a, well, to counsel a battered wife to stay in the marriage because Jesus is against divorce. Right. Uh, that's, that's a ridiculous stance to take. And so anyway, well, and before we get into the modern, um, aspect of it, the two things, and one of these things we've, you and I have talked about on the podcast, so it it might not be worth going, delving that deeply into, but it, it was an interesting reminder of me of the reformation replaced a flesh Pope with a, with a biblical or a a paper Pope is the way she said it. Um, and she said that at the conference that we went to, and that really landed hard with us and, mm. and was mind blowing at the time in 2007 caused, caused quite a bit of division in our, for desert rain well. specifically. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Do you want to speak about that? Uh, it was just, you know, one of our elders, uh, my mentor was very angry about that statement. Oh, he was there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, we were okay. discussing it. I see. I see. Okay. 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 And he stood up and left and slammed the door. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> and so it was, yeah, it was a difficult, yeah, you know, and then it just splintered out. Mm-hmm. So we lived it. We lived this emergence in our own. <laughs> right. Yeah. It actually, <laughs> it actually happened here. Yeah. Un- un- I mean, unfortunately, cause it, you know, some relationships were, yeah, were yeah. severed. Um, and the second part, oh, with, um, Luther or was it Calvin <laughs> Luther basically saying that the, that the scriptures are, are the word of God or is God effectively this well, idea of, of unknowingly proclaiming literacy right. for the masses. Yeah. And I thought that I had never thought of that, of how, you know, if you think of like Western education, yeah, how much in a good way, how much literacy is, is focused on. Um, and it kind of started at that point. Yeah. Sola Scriptura was his, Big statement, scriptura sola, only the scriptures. Uh, and yeah, and then it birthed, what, 130,000 denominations? Because, I think, because the problem I think she said 39,000 in the United <laughs> States. Anyways, it yeah. might have been 130. In, in the even, last 500 years, yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, so there we are. Yeah. And here we are. We have Presbyterians and Methodists and, you know. Pentecostals. And well, even just within the Catholic Baptist. church, there's like a bunch of different. <laughs> well, it's weird. You talk to Catholics now, the Catholics I tend to, and this is all just anecdotal, right. my own experience. Uh, 
they're they talk more like evangelicals now. Oh, really? Yeah, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, oh, the Bible's the center. Uh, you know, which you know, the, the Bible doesn't even claim in itself that it's mm-hmm. the center of faith. Right. You know? Christianity's built on uh it's a it's a personality cult. It's it's Jesus Christ is is a human being mm-hmm. who we call the God Man uh, is the center, not mm-hmm. not the the written you know word kind of thing. And 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 me just saying that offends you know. Like I said, you know, I've lost friends mm-hmm. just for holding that view. You know, mm-hmm. and they've they've damned my soul to hell. <laughs> you know? And they you know and they don't cry over my soul. <laughs> Being sent to hell, they're kind of glad it seems, because they're proven because they were really worship being proven right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, anyway, so no chip on my shoulder. <laughs> so, sort of moving forward to this, and I, I feel like I'm going to mess this up. So, correct me if if I do. But what her would you say it's a thesis or a hypothesis? Uh, around her emergent church and the different branches coming off of that. Oh yeah. From the eight eight different. Yeah. So then you ask the question, what, so what does it look like where, uh, I I don't know. She, yeah, she mentioned some branches. There was a, the emergent church, the emerging church, neo monasticism. And then there's five others that I just, those top three seem to be the most popular. Yeah, yeah. From, from her discussion. Yeah, so I, hopefully I don't mess this up. Emerging, ing, was, uh, you know, it, it's kind of frustrating a lot of this is because it sounds a lot like uh, privileged white people shit. There's a lot of this I mean, sounds like to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's um, funny too because if you look at the, like, because I know about it, the neo monastic movement, anyone that is in it or. That's not true. Let me back up. On a popular level, on like a pop culture level, right. anybody that's recognized in it is a white person. Yeah. <laughs> There's no... There, I mean, including like, us. I mean, I, yeah, right, right, I mean, right, we're right, in yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, Desert Rain, yeah, Desert Rain was, was started by a bunch yeah. of white people. Yeah, yeah. But... Well, no, actually, no. We were fairly mixed, but uh, Hispanic and... Well, this, the three families were all white. No, there was another... Who was that? To, uh, the Nettia family, the two, the two families, and then Sal and Rose Fierro. And- so Jacob and Medea were part of the original circle of people. They were involved here, yeah. Mm. You know, not living here yet. Their house burned down, and they—that's how they ended up yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob talks about that. But he in was his, working here on yeah, his desert the beginning. Rain. Okay, so yeah. interesting. Anyway, um, I lost my train of thought there. yeah so so emerging would be a, a very a very conservative brand of the, what you'd see in a mega church sort of the uh, far she, she she gives for those that know mark driscoll yeah, that yeah. was the example she gave which is a resurgence of calvinism mm-hmm. uh in the modern period you know which is funny too because i think that lecture was in 12 or 2008 yeah, yeah, 2008 and and you know he has since had Omega scandal and yeah. has has reemerged in Phoenix, yeah. just like the devil does. Calvin always re- reemerges somehow. The devil from hell. Um, so that was the emerging, I believe. Yeah. So it's kind of a yeah, and so then there's the emergent, which is uh, 
sort of the opposite side of the yeah the more liberal social justice progressive yeah. focus on social justice rather than creeds and doctrines and that kind of thing uh then yeah neo-monastic expressions small groups of people that get together for intentional community in whatever regard and live a life of a rhythm a rhythmic life of prayer contemplation yeah. service and the, it you know the example she gave was shane claiborne uh yeah what's the one in chicago ruby ruby house oh, that uh, might be north carolina yeah no uh I know what you're talking anyways. about. But anyways, just some of the ones that we're we're acquainted with and friendly right, with. There's, yeah. there's a one in Chicago and then the she's not there anymore, but the TCU professor that came out for right, the Yeah, Reba House. Reba House is yeah. in Chicago. That's Which right. that yeah, Ruby that's is older, Ruby is in North Carolina. And I, I don't think they would be considered neo-monastic. I think they're in the Bruderhof mm. uh Amish uh, what's the other one? The Mennonite kind of okay. tradition. They call them the peace churches. And that one comes to mind because they, they have the common old. purse. Yeah. Common, yeah. Um, what did she say? Common plate? Yeah. She yeah. used another word that I wasn't familiar with. Anyways. So, and then she gives other, oh, the hyphenated one was yeah. the other one. that. So those are people that just stay in their, you know, their church of origin. Mm-hmm. So there'd be a you know Catholic emergence, which I guess Richard Rohr mm. uh, would be kind of in that. The problem is a lot of people in that, including myself, we don't like those titles anyway. We don't like those categories, uh, and so it's hard to to get any demographic studies on it. On mm. it, you know, a group of people get together in a for a meal once a week and maybe pray for each other. They're not gonna have a website. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have a, a nonprofit status kind mm-hmm. of thing, and uh, but they're they're out there, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they, it, they exist. So it was interesting because the first conference in two thousand seven, it was it was uh, you know several thousand people showed up. Okay. At this, the next year, uh, it was less. It was maybe a thousand is all maybe. And so they asked him that in the in the Q and A session, where, where where the hell did everyone go? Why aren't they? Why didn't they come back? And I think it was Brian McLaren said they they don't need to. They're just doing their thing. Mm. Uh, you know, they're not trying to build a movement. They're just yeah. trying to work out their faith in smaller ways. Yeah. And so, so that's so that's kind of what we're talking about here is that people that are anti institutional or the institution failed them. Uh, grievous way uh, or just became irrelevant to them, but their circle of friends and, and then uh, and a spirit, a shared spirituality of sorts, a shared faith, shared Christianity, or, or it could go through any mm-hmm. religion uh, is more important to them is, is mm-hmm. their life. And, you know, and they're not going to, uh, you know, identify with that so heavily. Yeah. They're not going to go through the process of, Making a nonprofit, like you're saying. Yeah, I'm an emergent Catholic. (laughs) Making it a a rigid sort of... A lot of times, I'm not going to say every time because that's not true for sure, but a decent percentage of the time, they're they're looking to step away from that rigidity that the the dogmas of the established churches... And that's across the board. It sounds like we're talking about Catholicism, but you you could look at any denomination, 
any even you know even mega churches, which you know kind of are a denomination in their own sense. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. You know, and, and well, and um, she she mentioned. I wish she would have elaborated that this this movement of emergence Christianity, this change, this uh, letting go of things and picking up new things. Uh, you know, this transformation of the way people do their faith. Uh, is is uh it came to North America the western world last. Mm. So she said it, you know, she she had a name for for African churches uh or or not churches but groups. Mm-hmm. Uh Latin America, I'm assuming she's talking about the uh the liberation theology mm-hmm. uh base homes uh th- that movement that's mm-hmm. been around since the early 80s, you know. And so so yeah, so the the west is barely catching up. On, well, on a lot of this. Well, it's very interesting too, because she, with that, in that same vein, she was, you know, talking about sort of how people learn and think and, and how it's connected so closely with language. Yeah. Um, and talking about those places that were colonized, like Africa and Latin America and stuff yeah. like that, where for whatever reason, that this, this emergence has started there and has, has migrated. Yeah. And like she said, landing here last because yeah. she was very specific on saying this is not a first world country yeah. thing this is much bigger than that yeah it really isn't just a bunch of white progressive liberals who got together and said let's let's make a kinder gentler christianity that's that's not what i mean that might be happening somewhat within, right, but within, that's not the movement itself well that's what i thought was so interesting um when she broke down sort of the eight branches or whatever it was that the f- the four we just mentioned, um, because under that umbrella of the emerging or the emergence church, emergence Christianity, are these eight branches, yeah. and they're so different. Yeah, right. Yeah, like you have diverse. the far, you have the far right sort of Calvin stuff. Yep. You have the far left progressive stuff, yep. and everything in between. Um, and how, for me, what was so um, enlightening about that was that. And she says it at the beginning. I'm not here to um, convince you of anything. I'm just here to talk, yeah. like to give knowledge. Yeah. And for me, like how important all eight of those branches are because you need conflicting um, points of view yeah. so that the, as she, she said at one point, the correct, the more correct thing sort of bubbles to the surface, right? Like, and the other stuff can sort of, uh, maybe it's in the zeitgeist, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But over time, people are going to be like, oh yeah, that's not, that's not for me. Yeah. I, th- and I think demographically, if you look at uh, the state of uh, religion in, in America, in the United States mm-hmm. and Canada, probably the North America, the upper North America, um, it's, uh, I guess the fastest growing group are the, uh, they call them the the nuns, mm. not nuns as in N U N S, but right. nuns as in the, we have no religion, none, no we, religion. We don't we don't do none that shit. <laughs> and and the and what they call the duns. Okay, these are people that might have grown up in church, maybe even raised their kids, but they're just done. They're done with that shit. And so, but these people aren't going. They're not. Uh, just because they're not going to these these visible institutional mm. churches doesn't mean that they don't they've 
abandon faith or have no spirituality. Right. And so that's, I'm, I think that's where you can make the case where this emergent Christianity mm. is, is, uh, you know, is, is being expressed. And again, it's off the map. It's off the radar. Uh, because it's it's uh, it's it's still in flux. It's a movement. It's mm-hmm. moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Well, and I think one of the interesting things too um, that she was talking about is because, and I've been guilty of this for sure. That's why it caught my attention. But she was saying during these shifts, so like you know, so you and I have talked about, and you know, I know. I have, I have harped on it. I don't, I don't, I don't believe you have as much. Maybe you have, and and I'm just misremembering, but like, oh, you know, the, you know, the church is losing people and it's, it's, it's going to die off. And, you know, one of the points she made is like, actually the established churches are going to be fine. Yeah. They'll still trust funds at a last till Jesus comes back, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And so it was, it was an interesting insight sort of from her, you know, talking about the shift and talking about that. No, actually it's not dying. It's just shifting in the way And these big established churches, they'll be fine in the long run because they always have been. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's just, that just, it's just the way, assuming these cycles are correct, that's just the way it's going to continue to play out. Right. Yeah. With the East West schism of uh what was it 1016 i don't remember mm-hmm. the date the in the year 1000 <laughs> in the year 1000 <laughs> uh, syriatic christianity the eastern orthodox all those family the ethiop coptic church in ethiopia yeah none of them went away yeah they're still uh, there and then at the reformation uh, 500 years ago uh the roman catholic church didn't go away mm. you know and so yeah it, it, so that's and in Judaism, the same thing. You have these different mm-hmm. uh, houses and schools of thought and expressions, uh, you know, and and when one starts anew, the, other, the old doesn't mm-hmm. disappear, you know. It's, you know, I mean, it's a little bit different with Judaism because they, because they have a geographical temple right. that was once the center of uh, their entire faith mm-hmm. and expression. And so there's, there's a very unusual thing playing out there. So anyway, but I mean, even, even with that being the case, there are still so many, you know, different thought, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and expressions of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so it, 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 it does fall under, it is different and it's, you know, there's parts of it that are, that are similar to Christianity Yeah. in those ways. And there are churches that are reshuffling, you know, uh, I've seen examples, there was a, Looked like a mega church. I think it was in the Denver area. I could be wrong, uh, and it was you know a contemporary kind of church. Uh, and they during the pandemic they sold their, uh, they stopped meeting. They decided mm. to not meet in person at all anymore. Interesting. Interesting. And they used their building for uh, you know for food distribution mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. for the actual work of the church. And their services and their other stuff is all exclusively online. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other churches, Methodist churches, you know, these these large, what, they used to be large uh, denominational or mainline Protestant churches. Mm-hmm. They're having to rethink what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I read an article about uh, one, I forgot where it was, but uh, he, I think he was a Baptist in, this, in his case. And... 
and I think they transformed their property instead of a meeting place. It's a, it's a community garden. Okay. But a large one, like where they feed actual, actual food producing garden to feed the community. And that's, that's the focus. That's the entire focus. They have a little circle. The ones when they invite people to come work on Mm -hmm. the farm and that's the spirituality. And they might have a very quick Bible study or prayer. And I saw there was a photo of him with, he was smoking a pipe and there was a couple people, you know, and I think they were just going to pray before mm-hmm. they started doing the work, you mm-hmm. know? So, uh, so there's all kinds of, you know, things like that going on. Well, and even like a, a similar, you know, we've talked about them tons, uh, Pendle Hill. You yeah. Know, it's a retreat center. It's a, it's a Quaker meeting. I think they call them yeah. meeting houses. It's uh they, ha- you know, they have a bookstore. Yeah. I, I think they have a publishing house there as well. Um, so it's, it's a and similar, they're kind of the original emergent, <laughs> you know, Quakers go way back, right? Yeah, yeah, 1600s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so they have a long, uh, but she does use history. that example and she uses the Pentecostals as an example of, of early, early streams of this emergent mm. Christianity. Um, you know, I, I think Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, the guy who tried to kill Hitler. <laughs> he did. It's uh, <laughs> an incredible story. I think it's I think it's been embellished. Over okay, the years, but it's uh, it's funny because I'm super skeptical about things, yeah. and so I've I, when I first like learned about that, I was like, oh, that's BS, and then read up on it. So it's funny that you're like he probably <laughs> talked grew. to a guy, yeah. that knew a guy <laughs> that knew a woman that planted the bomb on on in Hitler's staff room there, and they they shook hands so they, later yeah. later on down the line. Yeah, so he was <laughs> he was the mastermind behind. I mean, he was a he was definitely the German resistance for sure. Oh, for sure, and right, he was right, vocal. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he yeah, he was definitely took to that task camp. the the, the the German theologians that were goose stepping, uh, and you know, and so anyway, he in a letter uh, coined the phrase and was basically calling for a religionless. Christianity, mm. and this is in the 1940s, and so uh, because because with the the Bible becoming the new Pope, yeah, uh, it uh, it becomes you know Protestantism is is it's the Achilles heel of Protestantism, which mm. is that it's too intellectual, not in the sense that they don't read enough books. Uh, intellectual is a bad word to use. It's too cerebral. Because faith is not a uh, is not a cerebral exercise. Yeah. So, for example, uh, uh, I was at I was at the the living school for a, for a cohort session thing. We're all just hanging out afterwards, and uh, and I was sitting with a, a Protestant pastor. who's a little bit older than me, and and our our small group was talking about uh, their experience with loved ones who had Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how they responded to music from oh, their, yeah. their period, and uh, and and spiritual experiences that they were also having, and this this Protestant very uh, cerebral pastor was shocked that they could have a spiritual experience because they couldn't intellectually understand, cognitively understand what was happening. He was he was legitimately he was, blown yeah. away by this. This was like a massive being earnest. Revel- yeah, yeah, and I was shocked at that. Everybody else was kind of. It was a Buddhist woman that looked at him like. <laughs> So one woman was a Buddhist and she was like, what, what, what are you talking about? with you? Uh, and so, so that's, and people are looking for that, for, to experience your faith. 
It's the faith is not a set of bullet items mm-hmm. of of. Uh, it's not rules you follow. Cognitively uh, agreeing with uh, these things. That's not what what it is. It's, well, it's a living the, faith. Well, the problem is too when it when people do decide it is that because there are people that have decided yeah that that's the case. All they're doing is they've already made up their mind. It goes back to the Jonathan Haidt stuff, right? They've already yeah. made up their mind on what they want to believe and do. Yeah. And then they just like find stuff in the Bible that says, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I yeah, can do yeah, I can Retrofit do that. it, yeah. <laughs> and, but and they're not even aware they're doing it. No. Because all most people do that. Yeah, because I've been accused of cherry-picking the Bible, and, and I, I've told them, of course— the You've only been, difference between me and you is I'm honest about cherry picking it. Oh, cherry picking. Yeah, yeah, yeah cherry yeah, picking. Because yeah, right, 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 right. yeah, yeah, I don't right. believe that all scripture, uh, are every every uh, verse in you know in the 66 books of the Bible are uh, are equal to each other in truth. Mm. But for example, uh, God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Uh, that's that's one verse. Another verse in the New Testament. Uh, uh, we all know that. Oh, I'm paraphrasing this one. Uh, all Cretans are liars and gluttons. Mm. Okay, so which one, you know, and so the only difference is I'm just honest about yeah, yeah. the cherry picking and, you know, you're not. Well, and you so. had to come to that realization on your own. Yeah. I you had to wake up yeah. one day and be like, oh, shit, I'm cherry picking Yeah, here. I had to go through my own emergence. And you're okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Make, I had to make peace with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And each, I mean, that's not true. I think part of the journey, part of the spiritual journey is realizing that. Yeah. Seeing where you're, whether you're lying to yourself or you're being a hypocrite or, you know, these things that we do as humans yeah. and make peace with that within yourself um, because it can't happen externally, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I think you can. I've, I think I've seen people that have hypnotized themselves and have mm. made themselves delusional. For me, I had to go back to the basics, the 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 first experience of faith of God that I had uh, was a vision of the sacred heart mm-hmm. with flames. And we've, uh, we've talked about that. If, if you want a beautiful description of that, David Morrison's Road to Desert Rain, oh, yeah. we talk about it's It's really an incredible, beautiful experience. And so that put me on a journey to study the scriptures, to seek out that heart mm-hmm. and that experience. So it wasn't the other way around. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm not, you know, I'm not slamming the Bible. I'm not saying it's not critical. I, I, I'm very committed to it. Uh, it's, it's like the saying, do you, t- do you take the Bible literally? And I'm like, no, I take it too seriously to take it literally. <laughs> you know? But right. some things you do yeah. and you have to, you know, what the Bible says, divide the word of truth. You, you have to look at context. I've had conversations with fellow pastors that have said, you know, I don't, they're very proud that I don't, I don't read commentaries. I get it. And so all you're doing is your own echo chamber, pal. Right. That's all you've done. Yeah. Congratulations. Good job. Uh, you know, and so, and what, it's amazing that Jesus is a white uh, male conservative, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Republican with, with uh, two M16s in his, on his, you know, in his arms. So, yeah. Well, and the, uh, well, I, you know, and, and just, you know, getting to know you more and more over the re- in the recent history, but, you know, how how seriously you take the Bible in the sense of using using the liturgical cal- calendar, using yeah. the Gospels to inform, uh, you know, when the Sunday service and, and Wednesday night. Yeah. 
um, things and bringing in other, whether it's artwork, music, other cultural things that exist um, to, inf- you know, to, to make yeah. a, uh, a beautiful mosaic of how this, how this, how scripture relates to yeah. the quote unquote real world, you know? Yeah. It could be a very powerful. It also reminds me of, uh, there was a, a Pentecostal pastor that visited here and he was, you know, and so we hung out with him for a couple hours and, mm. and at the end he wanted to pray for me. And he, so he sort of praying for me in a Pentecostal kind of way. Uh, in other words, audibly hearing him speaking tongues, uh, touching me on the shoulder, you know, and, and so he said, David, the Lord is telling me to tell you that he wants you to get away from liturgy. It's not of him. You know, and so it's just like, that's amazing. So I was like, yeah, wow, it's amazing that the spirit has the exact same anti-Roman Catholic <laughs> bias that you have. That's, that's incredible that, that God uh, has the same opinion as you. And so it was just, I just, and by that point I was just, you know, I was yeah. going to argue with him. There's, yeah, there's no, there's no need. Yeah, there's so no stop, need at that point. So stop uh, doing Lectio Divina on the, on a gospel reading is what he was telling me to do. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> and read you know, something Don't else. read it multiple times and sit in silence. Yeah, yeah. So read it cover <laughs> to cover instead. You know, that's more... Uh, and, and no silence. Stay, stay, yeah, yeah. Stay being loud and singing. Oh, yeah, they're and- terrified of silence. <laughs> um, so we got about 15 minutes left. Wow. And by fast, yeah, and and so, um, I I, I want to open the door with you in case there's anything anything else that she had covered that really struck home for you that uh, maybe we haven't we haven't yet got to. Uh, well, when I started, she didn't cover this in the lectures, but in her book, The Great Emergence. So my experience of reading that, I guess it was about ten years ago now, mm-hmm. twelve years ago. Um, I was, you know, I was, I was, I was reading it eagerly, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, so, and the burning question on my mind was, well, where's it all heading? What does it look right. like? What's, what's it going to be, you know? And, uh, and so she gets to that chapter and it's, and, and, and her answer, what does it look like? One of the things it looks like is the vineyard movement. And I was That's like, hilarious. crap. <laughs> A crummy <laughs> back to me what we're doing I like threw, yeah I threw it in the, the pond yeah. <laughs> I think I read it on a Kindle so you couldn't throw it in the pond either. right you just uh, deleted yeah. it <laughs> get off so, my Kindle so yeah so I was just like damn it because <laughs> I thought I was going to try something new yeah. and exciting and novel and yeah and it's well, back to the same old it's funny how God does that to us right I know I've served every served, time I've I've shared this this before, um, but when I first met you, and I was also meeting with this Orthodox priest at the same time, almost simultaneously, like within the, I want to say it was within the same month. I'm sure it wasn't because we, we remake memories, right? Yeah. But very close together, both of you guys, we were talking and then you both, I can remember you guys both kind of scrunch your brow and, and tilt your head and you're like... <laughs> Oh, you already got your ministry in the twelve-step group, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, what the fuck? You're doing it already." <laughs> and it's funny because I'm I'm re, I'm coming like in the last month or two, I'm coming back to that. Like, oh, this this is the thing that God has blessed me with. 
and and this time when it happened, it was the same thing. Yeah, you're that you had. It's like, wait, no, I want something new and exciting and different. And this time, it's like sort of leaning into that, like, oh, like all this other shit is nice and and helpful and informative to myself. Yeah, but the real ministry is any 12 step opportunity that I have, you know, and, and sort of, I don't want to say re-remembering that because I've always kept that close. Well, yeah. especially since, since you and, and father Gabriel told me those things, um, I've been less apt to run from it, but it was just sort of that reminder of like, Oh, okay. And, and even, you know, you a few months or maybe two months ago, not anyways, a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, asked me to lead a thing about the 12 steps, right. you know what I mean? And it, and through that process and a handful of other things that have recently happened, it's just like, oh yeah, this is as simple as this is. And, you know, um, I've just been gifted that, that thing, yeah. that thing. And, and everyone, it seems as though everyone has that thing, you know what I mean? So that it's funny that you had it. Yeah, I was. <laughs> it's like ah, I felt surprise. like a, I felt like R- little Ralphie in Christmas Story when he's in the bathroom and he's got the <laughs> little Annie Oakley uh, decoder, decoder ring, and he and it's a crummy commercial at the end, and you're just like a crummy commercial, son of a. And that's kind of how I felt, and and then it, yeah, and it led me to appreciate my upbringing, I guess, yeah. you know. Uh, and her, her point was that the, the vineyard, John Wimber at its founding, uh, emphasized that it's, that our, our connectedness as a movement, as churches is, is based on, it's, it's not a bounded set of values and rules. In other words, uh, so there's no gatekeeping, mm. theoretically. Of course, uh, of course. In other words, it's not, you know, the vineyard stands for A, B, and C, and if you don't you know, well, that if was you're not definitely aligned true. with A, B, and C enough, then you're out. That was definitely true at the beginning of the vineyard. No, as far no. as as far as the the lack of gatekeeping. Oh yeah, yeah. It's since shifted. Absolutely, it's since shifted. Yeah, it come it goes in and out. I think, but for sure, when Wimber was running stuff, yeah. that was not the case. And so, so he called it a center, uh, center set. Uh, set of values, which mm. is we, we agree loosely on these core things and then from out, you know, and so, so it's, it's that kind of a thing. Um, I think Tickle talks about it. Uh, a lot of churches, uh, so a, a bounded set would be, uh, uh, you come to us first, you have to come to us. <laughs> you have to ask permission to join. Yeah. And then you, uh, <laughs> Uh, you believe, you have to believe what we believe, you know, mm. usually it's accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Memorize the creed. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the liturgical churches, it's more go through the rites yeah. for the for the sacraments. In the in the evangelical world, it's it's uh, become born again. Okay. Uh, and if you're a Pentecostal or charismatic, then it's also get baptized in yeah. the Spirit. So have these experiences. So believe is the first thing. The second thing would be to behave like us mm. and how, and the way that we tell you. And the third will be, then you can belong. Mm. So whereas a center set would be, no, you belong automatically. Yeah. You belong. Just being here. And, uh, and we'll, we're and in that belonging that we've committed to, uh, the, the belief and the behavior will work. It's 
work its way out yeah. you know, the way that it should. Well, so I, that's and, kinda... and I think the thing too about the vineyard from my perspective, so I don't know anything about the vineyard, right? Like yeah. besides just what I've picked up from you. Um, and even, you know, even that I would say is very, is very minimal. We don't, we don't have long, windy talks about the vineyard. Yeah, on the do I'm not in, I'm not in the greatest standee. <laughs> but for me as an individual, the beautiful thing about the vineyard is that desert rain was born out of the vineyard. Yeah. yeah like if the true. vineyard never existed, we, you and I would not be sitting here having this, yeah. these conversations. And, and, and for me, how that it's informed me as a Christian and, and my walk with, uh, Jesus, Jesus yeah. Christo. Um, I'm very grateful for that. Right. Yeah. Like I'm very great. And the other thing too, sort of with that is like the episode we did, the podcast we did about John Wimber yeah, and learning a little bit more about him and, and just what a, um, a fascinating human being he yeah. was. Right. Yeah. And, and sort of learning, learning about him and, and sort of stepping in that same, I, that same, um, place of gratitude and just being like, yeah. oh, this, this is incredible. And, and without this guy, we're not hanging out here yeah. in Chaparral, New Mexico in, in the same context. Right. And even before him, there's the, what's called the Jesus people movement, which mm. is in the pop culture right now because of a movie. Uh, I think I'm not, I'm not promoting it. I haven't seen this movie and, uh, but it's called Jesus revolution. Oh, I, I haven't even heard and, about it. And, and there is a name in that movie that, uh, his, uh, his name was Lonnie Frisbee, and he was the real deal of a hippie, like mm -hmm. an actual hippie, he lived, I think, in a commune on the beach and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And he showed up at John Wimber's church that was meeting mm. in, a, in, a, in a high school gym. Interesting. And he's the guy that said, come Holy Spirit, and crazy shit went down as a result. Just hundreds of people just literally fell down immediately. Mm. He said the microphone fell over. And landed in front of some guy's mouth on the floor and he's yelling in tongues. And so it's being amplified. And Wimber's like, oh my God, this guy destroyed. So this guy, Lonnie Frisbee, yeah, he's a legendary uh, dude. They fired him uh, eventually because he was active in the, in the, uh, the gay bar scene at night. Mm -hmm. So he's a preacher by day, early evening, and then would, would hang out at the gay bars. And they, and they, uh, so they fired him and he, and he did die of AIDS. Uh, I saw him one time at a, the first Vineyard conference I went to oh, in 1987. Cool. They they had him, they had him there. You know, they were yeah. on. It looked like he was in a place of honor, and people were saying, "That's Lonnie Frisbee," you know. And <laughs> so that that was. But then they kind of edited him out in the books, John Wimber's books. Oh, really? Instead of saying his name, they just said the young man, this guy, <laughs> this guy. Yeah, they did. <laughs> the stranger. And so this movie in. is about that and and Calvary Chapel. What? Uh -huh. uh, that kind of, I think Kelsey Grammer plays Chuck Smith. Uh, and so, uh, that's, so it's, so anyway, this Jesus people movement is also could be considered, uh, um, part of the great emergence. It's just mm. a bunch of burned out, stoned out, uh, huge generate, you know, this boomer mm. generation, uh, Woodstock, you know, the whole 60s becomes disenfranchised stuff. with that. Yeah, disenfranchised with society itself mm. and the values. And then uh, they all became Jesus freaks. Mm. Not all of them, but uh, millions of them. And and then they, including uh, the pastor that trained me, Dale Walker, mm. is clear, was right out of that Jesus people movement. Mm. Uh, late 60s, 
uh, throughout the 70s and all the way into the early 80s. Mm. And then it became more sophisticated with Vineyard and Calvary mm. Chapel and, and other other branches. So anyway. Being able to, to franchise it, so to speak. Yeah. And Vineyard became, yeah, a centered set uh, group of values. And Calvary Chapel chose the, the bounded set. Mm. And, and they've been more successful externally. You mean successful number wise? Yeah, numbers yeah. of churches. Uh, they 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 do heavily gatekeep mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And I'm not saying that it's right. I'm just saying that's that's how it played out. That's how it works. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's how it played out. Yeah. Um, just because man. something's externally successful doesn't mean it's from God. Is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Uh, you feel good? Yeah. Yeah. We we uh, hope I didn't bore you too much. We landed the plane. Thanks. Uh, I do want to say thanks to Phyllis Tickle, even though she won't hear this, but yeah. just being able to learn a little bit more about or her. Does and, she? And <laughs> actually, she did say something during the lecture about nothing ever dies. Yeah. When she was talking about Einstein. So yeah, yeah. she might be in this room with us right now. I would say she is. Um, thank you to Danny West, who is still alive. Uh, Jacob Nedia, that's what you hear in the background with Monk Drums. And that's a wrap. Thank you very much.